are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to your favorite day of the week. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Adam Mattis. Adam, I regret to inform you that I think your nuggets are legit. Well, I regret to inform you that this was a clean sweep. Colorado against Los Angeles today. Clippers taken down. Dodgers taken down. How does that feel? I don't know. I, I, I feel significantly better because the franchise players – or the franchise well i guess i can say franchise players plural on the dodgers are still dodgers whereas you know the rockies sent out nolan arenado for half a ham sandwich and um you know had to cut salad. the dead weight cut the dead weight that's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> i can't even fake it i can't even fake that but the Nuggets are good, and we're going to talk about The Nuggets are really Texas freaking too. good, dude. I can't wait to talk about them. They're not only good, they're extremely interesting. They are. They are. They aren't quite on Andre Drummond's level, but you know what? We'll talk about them anyway. Mm. Um, today's show, we are going to obviously take you guys through the Knights uh, games and, and, and get you caught up on what happened in the NBA last night. Uh, in the second segment, I am going to get out of the way and let Adam tell me about mm. his Denver Nuggets. And then in the final segment, we have done, we've kind of stumbled onto a really fun way to do power rankings and a really fun way to look at the NBA uh, with, uh, what was it? Scientists, artists, and, and then now the final kind of grouping of players is forces of nature. So we're going to discuss today's, uh, this generation's uh, utmost forces of nature. But let's go ahead and jump into today's games. 76ers go into, uh, go into Cleveland and beat the Cavs 114 to 94. Shake Milton goes right. off 27 points, five boards, four assists, uh, overcoming Colin Sexton's line of 24 points, three boards, and three assists. And, uh, and look, Philly finding ways to win as they, you know, try to get guys back or wait to get guys back has been very impressive. Yeah. I mean, this was likely the final game without Joel Embiid. And to your point, the 76ers go seven and three without him, which is wild for an MVP candidate to have that little impact. Mm, I see where that's coming from. I see where that's going. Um, But no, Philadelphia (laughs) gets the win. Their bench won the battle of the benches today, 65 to 26. That is pretty absurd. Uh, and Dwight Howard also dominant in this one, 18 and 15. What's weird, I didn't know this, but I had to go back and look. I was looking at the schedule. Philadelphia or the Cavs were actually 2-0 and against the 76ers coming into this game. So <laughs> a little bit of a revenge game for Philadelphia. Uh, the Detroit Pistons welcome the, uh, the uh, Washington Wizards and win 120-91. to 91. Russell Westbrook goes for another triple-double. Uh, but it is not enough to overcome Josh Jackson. That's right. What? <laughs> really? If you've been wondering where Josh Jackson's been, he's been in Detroit and he scored 31 points with a couple boards and four assists tonight, again, to beat the Washington Wizards. Well, if you're wondering where he's been, it's because he was scoreless in the previous game. He was a DNP coach's decision two games ago. So, um, you know, he really was on the shelf, gets dusted off and goes for 31. I got to say, though, 
I'm always interested when there's a slate of games, the order that you go in, because Washington, Detroit, I had pegged for being the last game you were going to talk about. No, the second game you're going to talk about here, <laughs> a blowout Detroit win over the Wizards. I guess we could say Russell Westbrook may be making an appearance later in the show. He uh, goes for a triple. Probably. Double. Yeah, he goes for a triple double though. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and predict he's he's going to come up again. I don't want to spend any more time on that game, to be completely honest. So, the next one is the Brooklyn Nets beating the Charlotte Hornets 111 to 89. Kyrie Irving goes for 15, 11, and eight. Miles Bridges only uh, 10, five, and three. The Hornets they've become really sad. Like Lamelo Ball goes down, and they just are are not very watchable. <laughs> for for you, I'm sure, but yeah, I but you're also right. I actually agree with you on this one. Um, what's interesting? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> I just wanted to show you. Uh, this was Lamarcus Aldridge's uh, debut for Brooklyn, by the way. So you know, a, a little bit meaningful there. He ends up going four of ten from the field, eleven points, nine rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a block. So kind of fills up the box sheet. Uh, he was a plus twenty two in this game. Um, but what's interesting, you know, Brooklyn without KD, obviously he's been out for a while, though getting closer we hear. Uh, no James Harden in this one. Another win by a team who is missing their MVP. Just wild how that keeps happening. Um, and then in the first quarter, 32 to 11, Brooklyn was up. This game was never close. Brooklyn gets out to a 32 to 11 lead in the first. Um, a, a complete laugher. Nets hit, by the way, the Brooklyn Nets, 23 pointers. 23 pointers for the Nets. Just it's wild how casually teams will do that nowadays. Uh, Brooklyn in particular. And I mean, you think about they drop, this is, you know, the thing about Brooklyn is y'all, everybody, you talk about the big three. And I mean, it is a big three with Kyrie Harden and, and KD, but the thing is they have shooters around there. I mean, they just have so much shooting on that court that you can make 23 pointers in a game while missing James Harden and Kevin Durant. Also pretty good at three pointers. Those two. <laughs> Uh, next game on the docket here, you have Miami beating the Golden State Warriors at home, 116 to 109. Adam, I have a development for you. Okay, let's hear it. I have finally bought into the to the uniform playing court like combination that really? Miami has. Yeah, oh, man, this is this is Stockholm syndrome. You know what it is. You know what it is. It's that they have com- they they have bought completely in. They have sold completely out to the combination of the uniform and court thing. There is nothing worse to me than seeing a team playing on its traditional court with non-traditional colors. If you're going to go and and mess around with your complete color scheme on your uniform, you have to match that on the court. Otherwise, I don't need it. I'm out. I Here's my take on their that on those jerseys. They're so Miami that I don't think anybody else is supposed to like them. Like everybody's liked them for the last several years. They pushed it so far that it's like they're trying to find the limit to where it's like a Miami only uniform, and they found it. I don't think you're supposed to like it unless you're from Miami. Is uh, the next step fedoras? Do you think? <laughs> maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Oladipo made his debut tonight. Not necessarily a memorable one. Six points, three rebounds, five assists. He shoots just two of eight, including 0-4 of three. But he makes his debut, so that was meaningful. Get the get the ugly game out of the way. Steph goes 36-11-3 in a losing effort, and this is getting sad. I mean, that team, <laughs> that team is not good. Yeah. All right, next one on the list, the Magic. Go into New Orleans and beat the Pelicans 115-110. to 110. 
Wendell Carter Jr., who's been playing pretty well since he went to Orlando, 21 and 12 in this one. Uh, this is kind of a big loss for New Orleans. It is. They were without their big three. So it's, you know, maybe not necessarily a surprising one, but it is one of those ones where you start to look at how many games are left. Where are you at in the standings? How many games do you need to make up? And it's just little injuries, you know, piling up like that. And you drop one that, um, you know, uh, that, that, that they kind of needed because they need all yeah. of them right now. But, um, you know, on the other side, and I kind of want to focus on Orlando because Orlando doesn't get a lot of shine. And they obviously reset. Um, they got a bunch of young talent in there. They sort of going into a new era. And you mentioned Wendell Carter. Also tonight, you get RJ Hampton, who I think is going to be um, a very interesting player to kind of watch a guy that probably needs a year or two of seasoning before he really hits the the scene, but uh, will be fun along that process. And tonight he was a plus 13 off of the bench. Um, and just, he, he's, I don't know how much you've watched of him. He's got, he's a force of nature. He's, he might be a guy that makes an appearance on this list in a couple of years. <laughs> he's fun. If he makes, he's springy. If he's he, bouncy. If he makes this list in a couple of years, I'm going to tell you, you've gone too far overboard on the homerism. RJ Orlando Magic? No way, RJ. I'm telling you, watch him. I'm uh, you know RJ Hampton. Where where was he playing before this? He was in Denver, but he wasn't playing. What I'm telling you is, watch him. He is he is a De'Aaron Fox, John Morant level like first step type guy. He is so springy, so bouncy, and just plays shot out of a cannon. He's a lot of fun. All right, I will I will watch for RJ Hampton. I I actually already He's liked him. But I'm now I, I am now forced to dislike him because of this take. <laughs> I don't know. Like his talent is actually interesting. I think he passes well. He does some things, but I, I do think he's raw. Like he's gonna probably take a year or two before he, you know, is like a, a positive impact player. But the development process with him will be fun because he's just a, a fun like athlete, fun guy to watch. Next one here, two more games left. So the Atlanta Hawks go into San Antonio, win 134 to 129. Clint Capella goes for 28, 17, and five blocks. Uh, DeMar DeRozan goes for 36, five, and nine. Uh, both these teams, so Atlanta is now 24 and 24. The San Antonio Spurs are 24 and 22. The amount of teams that are sitting like either a couple games above at or below 500 is getting obscene it's pretty insane across the entire nba it kind of be funny to just who do you believe in more atlanta or the spurs i mean obviously the spurs are in the tougher conference but i'm not talking you don't believe in either of them to like make win yeah. a championship or anything but i'm just mean like which team do you think is actually the more competitive team in your opinion do, if, do you think of as the more competitive team i think atlanta i, ha I have I atlanta I slightly ahead of them I do too. I, I think Atlanta is the team that's just more capable of maybe surprising good teams. Well, they have an identity. I don't really know what the Spurs identity is other than like pop ball. <laughs> pop ball. Huh? Um, Trey Young, by the way, misses a floater to win the game uh, in regulation. And in overtime, he has it, this game goes into double overtime. Trey Young had seven in the first overtime, eight in the second uh, um, to carry them to a victory. So kind of, you know, kind of, I, I like it. Almost lost him the game and then in overtime wins him the game almost two times over uh all right the last one here i guess we got to mention nuggets clippers why don't we do that in segment two all right we will have you guys heard about sport trade it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market this is amazing sports sport trade takes fantasy to the next level it's like robin hood for fantasy sports their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks finally 
a fair and exciting way to ca cash in your knowledge of sports. Making money with sport trade is as simple as players' values rise based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy sports in that game. Uh, the more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, the good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. You ever like NFT? Who's the, is there, is there, have you ever like considered a player as an NFT? I guess not really. No. All right. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or go grab that blue chip vet. Who's always been a solid performer. Instantly buy, instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like just the stock, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle in the portfolio value rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the how it works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and most importantly, profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. Today's show is also brought to you in part by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks to deliver directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose a brand specs and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low uh, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts so go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that you know adam and i sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That is only at rockauto.com. Get all the sports you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you in the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app wherever you get podcasts. All right, Adam. Tell me about your Denver Nuggets. How, if I'm sitting here as a Lakers supporter, coverer, whatever I, you want to define me as, where do you have, like, how nervous should the Lakers be about this Denver team? Shaking in their boots. Uh, sleepless, I think. Terrified. In Seattle? Terrorized. Or uh, no, you know, I think that Denver is meaningfully better. And I think that, you know, Denver now three and oh, since the Aaron Gordon trade, wait, the meaningfully better, like then, than the Lakers or just like, then they were, but then, then they were, I think okay. the Nuggets are meaningfully better than what they were prior to this trade. I mean, it was no mystery. Denver had some very talented, you know, pieces. They'd had some experience, but losing Jeremy Grant made them very thin out on the wing and not just Jeremy Grant, also Torrey Craig, Aaron Gordon, I have just been so impressed with his defense, especially his individual defense um, and really his willingness and uh, ability to mesh in and, and be a sort of cog in this machine that the Nuggets have have working right now. You know, 
you look at the the scoring tonight as the Nuggets take down the Clippers. And by the way, 101-94 win over the Clippers. Clippers were without Serge Ibaka, who I think changes things a little bit. But this was a butt whooping by the Denver Nuggets. A little bit of a collapse down the stretch to make it a little bit closer. But this was Denver gets 62 points on the Clippers in the first half, holds them to uh, to just 49 points. So you know, the Clippers, obviously the number two offense in, in the NBA this season and Denver pretty much shut him down in large part because of Aaron Gordon and what he was able to do to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi tonight, 24 points, but takes 22 shots to get there. And he was really bothered by Aaron Gordon. Um, if we look at the starting lineup for the Denver Nuggets, a lineup that was already good prior to this trade, but now through three games, Murray, Barton, Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. and Jokic as the starting lineup, outscoring opponents by 48 points in their 64 minutes together, a 132 offensive rating, 94 defensive rating. They've been elite on both ends of the court now. And that's a Philadelphia team who, by the way, has a great starting five, a Clippers team who, by the way, has a great starting five, and they have dominated them. Well, the Philadelphia team that they dominated didn't have Embiid. Correct. But that starting lineup that they have without him has been dominant. And the same, like, you know, tonight without Ibaka, been dominant. And Denver opened up a 22-point first-quarter lead against the 76ers. And then again tonight, a double-digit lead in the first quarter against the Clippers. It's just, again, these are small sample size. You're right, you can throw those caveats out there. But Aaron Gordon through three games, we just talked about Oladipo, you know, slow, you know, integration, whatever. Aaron Gordon has fit seamlessly into what Denver has doing and has really unlocked, I think, the rhythm of their offense that had been a little hit or miss lately. You add Aaron Gordon in there instead of Paul Millsap, you have another perimeter player, but who has interior size and strength. And now offensively, the ball just keeps moving. And defensively, they have a guy who's capable of physically matching up with those big wings out in the West. Kawhi was it was Kawhi tonight. Um, and you know, you talk about Luca, you talk about LeBron, Aaron Gordon just physically has the tools to at least give those guys trouble. And so far in Denver, he's done more than that, shutting down Ben Simmons, uh, three nights ago. And then tonight really making Kawhi struggle. I would argue Ben Simmons kind of shuts himself down, but like, I would, I, I'm, I'm asking you this like friend to friend, you and I have been doing this for years, right? You are always defeatist. Nuggets fan right is this the is this the most optimistic you've ever been about this team like about their likelihood of potentially winning a championship you're talking about really the Jokic era I mean we go back to other eras you know there's different rhythms to it but we talk about yeah the last you know the Jokic era which now spent seven seasons easily easy and I don't think it's particularly close because you Mm -hmm. know me and you we have I've never heard you talk like this about them because me and you we've had conversations about the team you know I've always thought, you know, they're good, but for them to win a championship would take a couple miracles stacking up on top of each other. I still think Denver is behind, you know, the Lakers should they get healthy, which is becoming more of an if by the day. It is. You know, they still are, are, I think, are cut above. You'd look at that Brooklyn team and, okay, maybe a cut above. But Denver right now, (laughs) they haven't had a practice yet with Aaron Gordon, and the offense is just scoring every single time. I mean, they're getting a wide-open three or a wide-open layup every time. Uh, It's really unlocked something. And – you know, what's funny is it's a confluence of several factors. Aaron Gordon, I think being the biggest piece of this, it really just sort of completes, you know, at least with that starting lineup. But Michael Porter Jr. has slowly been coming around with this team. And it's happened in background because, you know, whatever happens in the first month of the season, that sets the narrative. Michael Porter got COVID, so he was out and then struggled to get back after that. 
But if you look at his numbers in the month of March, 60% from the field, 50% from the three-point line on volume, averaging 20 points a game, 20 points per game, you're starting to get up there into actual, this isn't, we're not fudging numbers. We're not saying per 36, this or that he's scoring consistently and efficiently tonight. He goes seven of 11 for 20 points. Um, he's really come along. And I think Aaron Gordon, it, as much as he's provided that perimeter defense for Denver that they were missing more than anything, he unlocks Michael Porter and allows him to not have to guard the other team's best forward. Mm-hmm. And it allows him to be a stretch four, which is where he is most dangerous. I think in punishing other teams. This is I, I'm actually really happy that you brought up MPJ because your wildest take that I, you know, I, I can't even really dissuade you from because I don't think I've paid enough attention to this team. But you're calling Michael Porter Jr. tall clay. Like that's crazy. That's wild. <laughs> so here's what's interesting about that though. And, and this is where you know Michael Porter came into the league with one elite skill, and it, it's he's so Michael Porter is such an interesting. Was it online presence? Was, no. was that? <laughs> it's three point shooting. But here's what's interesting about Michael Porter is his, he's so uneven. He came in as the most uneven talent, meaning he was all star caliber shot maker, but like second round pick at other things, like main, namely defense and learning the game in this. So it was such an unbalanced skill set. And he was on a team that was in contender mode. So they weren't there to like, just give him moments to, you know, to, to figure to it out around, to mm-hmm. figure it out. But we are now 350 plus shots into Michael Porter's career, three point shots into his career. And he is shooting 44% so far. That's a good sample size, 350. And he is shooting 44%. And by the way, this year, even better, he's up to 45%. And he's just a, an insane shot maker. And if you go back and look at the shots he's taken, they're not all good shots. I saw him take a shot tonight where he dribbled to his right, which anybody who has ever played basketball, if you're taking a step back jumper, you want to be dribbling to your off hand. Right. But he took a dribble to his right, planted off of his left, took a giant leap off to his right. It was a long two. So it wasn't a particularly great shot, but it looked clean as hell. And, and it was the kind of shot you're looking at. You're like, you're, your only hope there is that it's a it, analytically speaking, it's a bad shot because right. you're not going to block it. You're not going to contest it. And if you just look at his, like, you know, some of the efficiency numbers, effective field goal percentage, he's at 64%. When I compare him to clay Thompson, it's because of his ability to get the shot off quickly. And, you know, with clay, it's a quick shot with him. Michael Porter. It's quick, but it's also, he just elevates so high. I mean, yeah, he's standing in He's 6'10", but he also jumps. I mean, he's he, he's interesting because even his athleticism is uneven. You know, like he he jumps really high on his jumpers, like way mm-hmm. more than most players. And so his release point, I would say, is probably comparable, if not higher, than Kevin Durant's, um, even though he's not quite as long, you know, his his reach mm-hmm. or whatever. So he just it's not has as that, quick either, but but it's higher. But it's higher up, and and it's just one of those things where he catches a lot of guys who close out properly take away his airspace, but they just can't elevate as high as he can. So he he's just an incredibly efficient player, 64% effective field goal for, for reference. That's better than clay Thompson's peak. Like clay, clay Thompson has never had that. Now clay Thompson has more volume, you know, especially mm-hmm. in recent years, but it just goes to show you that right now, Michael Porter, he's slowly getting a higher and higher usage. He's scoring more points than Jamal Murray over the last 15 games. It's just absolutely insane what he's been doing. 
Well, and, and I think most importantly is that Michael Malone is buying into MPJ, you know? Uh, I'm going to push back on this one thing because I, you know, you, we've talked about this a lot. I've questioned it too. Michael Malone has forced him to learn and, and to go through all of these stages because, like I said, he was uneven. He needed to learn a lot of tough lessons. Michael Porter has bought into that tough love. Well, no, that's those things can be true. They, they can be true at the same time. It's that, like, Michael Malone now trusts MPJ to play the way that Michael Malone wants MPJ it. to play. That's the way. And it's not even just Michael Malone. You know, Jokic is a um, – you know, Jokic is, I think, a little bit of a tough player to play with because he is a genius, a basketball genius. And if you're below a certain threshold for him, he gets very annoyed. And Michael Porter was below that threshold just in terms of reading the court. But yeah. even, but this is what I mean when I say I, the way I want to phrase it is that Michael Porter has accepted that tough love, accepted yeah. that like, hey, I have to earn it. And I think he's at a point now where he still has a long way to go. Like his curve is still going to increase. But he is not a liability on defense the way he was at the start of the year. He's not a liability from understanding the angles of the court and the plays and, and this or that. He's really starting to mesh. And, and I just think that if you look at his numbers on a week-by-week basis, they've just been going up and up and up and up. And I think this Aaron Gordon trade unlocks a whole other level to him. Yeah, it's a fascinating team. I've been dry heaving the entire time Adam has been talking. I've been feeding him propagandizing questions about this team and all of that. But I do honestly think it's a really good team. And and like I say this as as kind of brash, obnoxious Lakers guy. But if you were to ask me like teams that I'm most nervous about in the NBA in, in the Western Conference, uh, because I still think Brooklyn has the edge over over Denver just in terms of of, sure, of sure. league wide competition. But I can't think of a team more that, that makes me more nervous than Denver to go up against, let alone like in, in any kind of a series, but the Lakers might have to face them in the first round. You know, yeah, this might, awesome. this might wind up and I don't know who would be more nervous about it. You being defeatist <laughs> nuggets fan and, and me being somebody who uh, has watched this Lakers team just kind of slog through the season. I don't really know which fan base would actually be very confident in, in that kind of a matchup, but man, what a matchup it would be. Well, and, and just to kind of give you the last 15 games here, Jokic, 26 points per game, Murray, 21, Michael Porter, 20. You look at their field goal percentage, Jokic, 57, Michael Porter, 60, uh, Jamal Murray, 49. You look at their three-point percentage over that stretch, Jokic, 45, Murray, 44, Michael Porter, 53. So 53% the, over the last 15 games on five-and-a-half attempts. The, the, the big three, Denver's big three, offensive big three, has just been so efficient – and so dominant over, you know, they're really finding their stride and finding their chemistry. I think, you know, you're right. You can hear it in my voice. I'm more optimistic on Denver than I think I've, I have been in the yoga era. And, you know, Aaron Gordon, they get their first practice this Saturday. I just, I'm so excited to see if they can maintain this level of play they've been at since he's arrived. Do you think they can keep him last thing before we move on? Well, I think that when you're of a contender, you keep him because he, he plays this year and then he has one more year on his deal. And mm-hmm. I think whether you can keep him or not, it's worth just, you know, you keep him for a year. And if he walks in your title, you know, maybe your window closes, maybe you gain more information about what you needed. I think the answer to that question is yes, you can financially. You probably have to go into the luxury tax and the repeater tax, whatever. We'll see if the Cronkies want to do that, but they, they have a team that I think you have to have confidence in. 
and and so we'll see yeah i think it i think that evaluation changes because i think this is the closest that the cronkies have ever been to having a title team like a, a, a team that can go out and win a championship um given spent, i think back in 2010 i think they were in the luxury tax when denver was coming yeah. off of the western conference final so you know I, I think they have but one other thing i'll say here you know josh Kroenke played basketball at the university of Min, uh, missouri and he's a basketball guy and he took mm-hmm. over you know, as the president of the Denver Nuggets um, back in, I believe, 2010. And I think, and, and this is his baby, this team, you know, he's sort of been a part of uh, putting the people in place to grow this and sort of setting the tone from the top. And I, I am curious if, I, I'm really curious and excited to hear how he approaches this phase the Nuggets are entering, because I feel like the Nuggets are more important to him, but it's the time to pay up and, and show that you are. So we'll see. Do you think when he, when his like sugar levels get low, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't eaten recently enough that Josh becomes cranky? That was so bad. That was so bad. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all its bars. Now, we found out which Built Bar is the best. Are you ready for this, Adam? I'm ready. The, ready drum roll. The champion champion not champion champion wow. Wow. of this bracket is coconut brownie chunk yeah, it's correct that's the right call <laughs> it's true it's it's really good dude it's it doesn't really even feel good. like you're eating a protein bar it's There's unbelievable a new though churro marshmallow churro is a new contender but i don't think it made the tournament it was it's no good. it was an early it was an earlier exit you know it was, it was, wow, i was kind of disappointed to see that yeah disappointed in this network <laughs> <laughs> so go to builtbar.com or follow at built underscore bar on Twitter uh, to voice your, your, your to voice your opinion about the churro bar if if that's what you choose to do. If you are at builtbar.com though and you are placing an order, remember to use the promo code locked fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order. That's locked fifteen to get fifteen percent off your next order at builtbar.com and check back to see. Which new flavors are coming? Because they're going to have to fill out this bracket for next year. So one more time, that's promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Today's show is also brought to you in part by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college college basketball is in the final four. NHL and, and, and MLB are all in, the, in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine is also readily available at the website. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head on over to betonline.ag or your mobile, use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% uh, as a welcome bonus on your first deposit. One more time, that's betonline.ag, your sportsbook expert, experts with promo code locked on. Get more analysis on top 
top prospects available in this year's NBA draft with Locked On NBA Draft Podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft Podcast on Odyssey uh, wherever or wherever you get podcasts. Honestly, Adam, I've been waiting this whole show to get to this point. <laughs> I think we should. Yeah. You want to set the table? I am. I'm ready. To, I'm, I'm re- So we have done power rankings on the NBA's best artists, the NBA's premier scientists. And now the final category of, uh, of these, of these power rankings is forces of nature. And I'm just kind of curious, Adam, like how you're defining a force of nature? Because all of these things are, are kind of subjective or whatever. Obviously, this is your this is your deal, your baby, your best idea in the history of, of your career. Thank you. Uh, but but I'm this is an interesting one because these guys, you know, you're talking about some of the best athletes in the world who are competing at this level. Um, so what are you looking for, for your for forces of nature? So really we could just call them forces. Cause we had, you know, yeah, we had artists, players that play with a, 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 with an artistry to their game. We had scientists, people that approach it with this very like mechanical, um, you know, style, the force is somebody that is just, you know, we talked about some of the quintessential forces in history, Shaquille O'Neal, Wilt Chamberlain, guys who are their, their style of play is most defined by their physical dominance and their the uniqueness of their physical dominance. I think Yao Ming was one of these Taylor guys. Tucker. <laughs> Taylor Horton Tucker. Yeah, he's definitely high on the list. Um, Yao Ming, you know, is probably one of these guys. You, you, they've come across Sean Kemp, a force of nature. So um, take Haycock. That's kind of that's kind of the idea of them. They can be dominant in that way. And so I have a list. I have five of my top. I actually think the top five is pretty easy. I did have some some honorable mentions though. So I, I'm the honorable mentions are interesting to me because I agree. Like I think it's you know this is one of the easier ones to define, like in terms of characteristics and stuff like that. But once you get past that 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 first five, do you see anybody on the horizon that you could see like developing into a larger presence in this le- in this list? Man, I don't know. That's a good question. You know, some of the one of the guys on the list is a young player. Um, you know, you look at a John Morant. I think maybe he's on my honorable mention. He's he's a guy mm-hmm. that maybe could leap up there. De'Aaron Fox is also an honorable mention. He's young. You know, maybe maybe he becomes that. Um, and those, again, both of those guys defined by their speed being something that is just, yeah, I, I saw this in Denver a lot prior to the Aaron Gordon trade, but Denver just doesn't have great athletes, didn't have great athletes on their roster, yeah. especially in the backcourt. And you can be better than De'Aaron Fox at everything, but if he's just that much faster than you, then you can't really keep up with them. And Denver <laughs> kind of had that issue where it's like, wow, nobody's really fast enough to guard De'Aaron Fox or run with him. Um, so that's why, yeah, force of nature. Um, those two guys, another honorable mention, Boban. He's too much of a fringe player, he's but let's so be honest, big. but he's, he's, so he's, he's so big that again, you just have to be like, wow, he's a force of nature. I mean, he dunks it without jumping. 
Do you think he? Do you? Do you think he ever goes like fee fi fo bun? Like, do you think is that something I think he ever does. comes out? I of think he does because I think Bobon like enjoys being you know that tall. I think Bobon's one of those guys that really enjoys being seven five or four or whatever he is. You know what? I would too. Would you enjoy being that tall? I don't think I would like it that much. I mean, probably not. Unless man. I'm really good at basketball, I think I'd rather not be that. You tall. would not be good at basketball, even at so you'd be eight foot four. You would be good at basketball. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rudy Gobert also an honorable mention. Um, you know, dang, he's not on your list. I, I would have had him on my list. That's no, you crazy. wouldn't. Have. No, you wouldn't have. I'm telling you, you would have the exact same. And then I'm the just last trying one, to get an extra show out of David. But yeah, <laughs> oh, there you go. The last one who I think has an argument to be in the top five is Anthony Davis. You know, he's he has a little bit of scientist to him because I mean his game is pretty technically sound. His jumper is very technically sound, and um, but what makes Anthony Davis special is just how mobile he is at his height and how long he is and, but just how mobile and coordinated he is. He moves like a guard in a, in a center's mm-hmm. body. I'm surprised Davis more than Gobert is, is on that. Isn't in your actual top five list, but all right, let's get to your top five list. Though. Number five. It's probably maybe his last year. He's kind of at the end of being in this, in this zone. Jokic? Russell Westbrook. Russell, yeah, no. Jokic is the opposite of what his name is. <laughs> uh, no, Russell, Russell Westbrook, man. And you know what's funny is early in the season, I felt like, okay, he's lost his fastball. I was ready to declare Russ like over the hump, over the hill. Yeah. Uh, it seems like lately, last like month and a half, he's right back. I mean, that dunk he had the other night was just – he is a guy that is different from Ja and De'Aaron Fox who are as fast if not faster than him. Westbrook adds a level of power and just sort of like tenaciousness to his – Yeah, anger. Like just game that makes him more of a force. Yeah. When he dunks it. So I remember the first time I saw this uh, and and I'm likening the two things. The first time I saw either of them, but the first time I saw a great white jump out of the water, like the first time that that was a thing on national geographic, I was like, Holy, you know, it just stopped me in my tracks. Like that's a thing that they, they, they're doing that now. That's (laughs) insane. And then the first time I saw Russ, you know, dribble down from the right wing, take off, you know, right, left, get up in the air, fully extend all the way his right hands way back behind his head and then just absolutely murder a human being on national TV. Like I, I just it was the same just visceral reaction of, oh, my God that's a thing that point guards can do. Like that's a thing that we, (laughs) is that what's next? What the hell was that? He is a great white. That was a, that's a good comparison. He's a great white. All right. Who's your next one? Uh, Joel Embiid, number four, just so massive. I mean, he's taller, you know, there's seven footers, then there's like seven plus. And, you know, he's obviously there physically just so strong and then you know the the added level of skill the skill level you know just makes him even more of a force but he's enormous man he really is like that's the number one thing when you're watching him i mean he moves he's so fluid or whatever but when you watch him you're just like that guy is massive yeah it jumps off the screen how big he is i i agree with you 100 percent uh it's kind of funny because with with Embiid, he's so big but what you know, like oh, like Boban, Boban is is a, an honorable mention because he's big. 
right? Right, right, right. But what makes him be an actual force of nature is that he's big and he moves the way that he does. Yeah. And there's there's just like this unrelenting nature to all these guys. We're just like, no, nah, uh, there's nothing I can do. If he feels like scoring, I hope you I have to hope he misses. I mean, he's certainly, you know, with him, you have to, yeah, you have to send creative doubles. You have to, you know, you have to force him to sort of beat himself. But his he's so he's so massive that if you have if you don't have the right sized person to guard him, then you're just done. You're yep. done. Um, number three, LeBron James. It's crazy. I mean, he's 50 something years old and he's still a, a force of nature. I don't know how he does it. Um, but LeBron is just so it, it's funny, man. The two guys ahead of him are some of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. And but LeBron yeah, is the guy that like LeBron, LeBron is the guy that is so massive, but also the most coordinated player in the NBA, like has incredible body control, which the two above him have unique body control, but even less so than a prime LeBron. But at this age, he's still like, if you don't have a guy that can match up with him, even a little bit, this is why Aaron Gordon was so important for Denver is at least a little bit, he can match up physically with LeBron, but there's only a handful of guys that even have a prayer's chance uh, against him. It's, it's wild. Yeah. LeBron has that spin move that I just even, I don't know how you guard really, you know, he spins, basically either way and and he take you know there's enough of a change in direction to where it's it's never going to be a charge and all that and and i saw Montrez harold try it the other night and he just basically bowled over Giannis, <laughs> and it's like they're the same size trez and lebron they're ba- roughly the same size and lebron makes that move look so easy and and you see somebody about his size do that. And that's, again, it's like we just talked about with Embiid. It's it's not just that they're big. It's not just that they're imposing. It's 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 on top of that, they're, they're uniquely capable of moving their body in ways that somebody that size should not be able to. Totally. Totally, man. LeBron still has it. We'll see when he comes back. Um, number two is Giannis, you could have guessed. The Greek mm-hmm. freak, seven feet tall. I mean, he's the shack of this era. Um, the, his arms just being as long as they are that he dunks it. I mean, he, he leads the NBA in NBA history in dunks that you didn't see coming. You think like, oh, yeah. he's going for a little jump hook. Oh, no. That's he how he, gets, he dunks on so many people because they're like, there's no way he's dunking from, oh, my God, his forehead is <laughs> like yeah. his, his forearm is in my forehead. It's just so long. I mean, that reach he has on some of those and the steps and stuff like he's just a force of nature, man. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He's a force of nature. They, I mean, Stan Van Gundy, the, the most viral moment of his lifetime was built. Well, second, maybe. <laughs> Here's the, 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 what we do. <laughs> we freaking wall. The, the other thing too so the other night the lakers played uh, milwaukee and Giannis was driving to the basket and he actually got hung on the rim and and it was such a weird moment that <laughs> did you did you ever see semi-pro did you ever watch that movie semi like with yeah. with, with uh yeah, yeah. Carol, where they blew a whistle after the alley-oop because they're like there's no way that's legal there's no way right, right, right. what I just saw. Like, I, there's no explanation. So like Giannis gets hung on the rim and they call the foul. Cause it's like, there's no way that just happened. <laughs> what the hell is going on? I like it. <laughs> All uh, right. Who's your, who's your number one? Can you guess? 
He's a top five force of nature all time. In my Alex life. Caruso? Not Caruso. It's not the oh, ball. Okay. Hold on. Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Is it... <laughs> it's Dude, Zion. this guy's insane. <laughs> it's Zion. I mean, it doesn't make sense. He's honestly a top, I think, a top five force of nature that the NBA has ever seen. I mean, he's in that conversation with LeBron, prime LeBron, and Shaquille O'Neal, Wilt Chamberlain. You know, that might be the only – you know, Michael Jordan had a, a certain – type of force of nature to him as well i think michael is like one of the rare examples of a mm-hmm. scientist artist and force all, all in one but right. you know it, it's a short list and zion i think has an argument at the very top of all of those guys just given the fact that he's enormously sized like physically he's just the biggest waist the biggest chest the biggest arms and yet somehow jumps higher than everybody else and has incredible yeah. body control while doing it it's not like you know we've seen big bodied guys who could jump but it's always like straight lines, right? Like throw the lob, mm-hmm. power dunk, this or that. The way Zion just contorts his body and floats and, and the touch he has and everything else, it's it's wild that a guy in a a lineman's body, the body of, a, of, of an offensive tackle, somehow has the athleticism <laughs> of a high jumper and a, a speed runner and a ballerina, like all in one. It's it's incredible absolutely Giannis is an absolute freak the greek freak and zion is somehow an order of magnitude more freakish than him. yeah well the the thing that gets me is the touch yeah. you know like the fact that like you're saying you know it's you you have the the uh vertical explosiveness you have the horizontal explosiveness you have uh the handle to be able to take advantage of those things but then he gets up near the rim and the ability to just very softly lay it off the backboard or, or, you know, utilize somehow in the, in midair, utilize leverage to, to, you, you know, to have that contact actually soften the shot that he has uh, against a defender. It's wild. The thing that he's doing. And by the way, he's in his second year. <laughs> yeah. He's insane. Man. <laughs> Zion, Zion is absolutely insane. I'm curious to see how they build around him out, out down there in New Orleans. I mean, think in, about in they, LA or with the uh, Lakers. Yeah, or, I mean, that, uh, sadly, I'm sorry. I'm I'm kidding, Jake. I'm, I swear to God, I'm kidding. Kind of. Uh, sadly, it's accurate. But um, you know, there's just not great spacing there in New Orleans, and he still is able to do this inside the pan. Yeah. He just he's, he lives at the rim. And I, you just wonder, like, what happens if you give him a, a lot more shooting? <laughs> what would happen then? I mean, he's already – nobody can guard him. We've nobody seen it in right Philly. Now. We've seen it in Philly with Embiid, like what Philly looked like when they just surrounded him with right. shooters. Right. Uh, I was listening to Daryl Morey go on Levitard's show earlier today, and he was like, yeah, I showed up, and my first, second, and third order of operations was get this guy shooting around him so he has as much space to operate as possible. So yeah, we've seen what it it's turned and beat into an MVP candidate, and if that same kind of thing happens here with Zion, yeah, we're we're heading towards that same conversation here in a couple of years, probably. He's he's incredible, man. Absolute force of nature, probably a top five force of nature of all time. Yeah, I'm. I love these conversations, and I love that it kind of, again, like I I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago uh, when you didn't take a trade deadline off for. Uh, for, for vacation but i i i love that it kind of gives me this look into the th- the way that you kind of look at the sport and the next time that we have this conversation i, I want to find a way to 
combine these things, you know, like how do you need a scientist and an artist? Do you need a scientist artist force of nature? Mm. Can you get away with two scientists and nothing else? Like I'm, I'm really curious uh, how this kind of, you know, we, we know what this looks like individually, but what do you need collectively to be able to be successful in this NBA? So if you guys have enjoyed this, they, uh, we have, we have more on this kinds of conversation to come. I, I I'm so angry that it was you that came up with this dude. <laughs> I came up with woe or woe. And you're like, Hey, what if we had like Michelangelo as, as a shooting guard anyway? All right. That's going to do it for this episode and this week's episode of the Locked On NBA Podcast. Make sure you guys are tuned in across this feed, all of the feeds. Also, uh, as we head into the postseason, I was shocked to find out the Lakers have like 24 games left of their season. It's wild. Uh, It's so fast. We are racing towards the end of this regular season. So if you have any team that you think your favorite team might be lined up against come postseason, you're going to find that team on this feed. If your team is getting ready or heading into the draft, we have locked on draft for you all lined up as well. You're a fantasy uh, basketball player and uh, you are heading into the postseason as well. Well, locked on fantasy is going to have you covered as well. I'm Anthony Irwin. That is Adam Modis. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you guys next Friday.